The Fifth Act Letter Number 9 Eli to Mom and Dad Dear Mom and Dad, Maddie and I have some really big news. We're coming home. We'll be moving back to Albuquerque in just a few short months. We cannot wait to be closer to all of our loved ones, to spend more time with each and every one of you. This is perhaps the most important reason why our time in California is coming to an end. I truly hope the two of you are not disappointed in me. I said I would give my dream at least 10 years of pursuit, the magic number as they say in Hollywood, but I only gave it five. The thing is, I gave it my all, and I got a lot back in return. I got what I needed from the time and the experience. I believe I'm coming home a better man, or at least a man who knows himself a whole lot better. A man who feels stronger now, and braver and more equipped to pursue future dreams and do positive things with his life. To make an impact. I'm at peace with it, because I know I will always be a performer. I will always be an artist. I will always be a storyteller. Maddie and I are so very thankful to you and the Wozniak family for encouraging and supporting us over these last five years. We couldn't have made it without you. Our life here wouldn't have been the same without the love of our families back home. Our marriage, too, is stronger and better because of our time here. We are eternally grateful. We have so much to look forward to, especially more time with all of you. Please don't tell Johnny and the kids yet. We want to surprise them. I can't wait to see the look on their faces. We may even have another surprise for both of you, but that will have to wait a bit longer. For now, please know that Maddie and I love and appreciate you more than words can express. Thank you for everything you do and for everything you are. Love you, Eli. Fresh Start Dear Friend, when we moved home to Albuquerque in the fall of 2015, Maddie and I definitely had a lot to look forward to. We were beyond excited to build a new life in our favorite college town. We were eager to watch our favorite college football team lose a whole bunch of games, only in person now, and with Maddie's brother Nate and his wife. They were living in Albuquerque by then too. We were thrilled to be so much closer to Johnny and the kids again. Carr and Lacey would be starting high school before we knew it, and I just couldn't wait to be around for it. There was something else Maddie and I couldn't wait for either. Our biggest dream of all. And before even moving home to Albuquerque, he came true. We would name him Jackson. We had decided to make it a surprise, even for us. We didn't know if we were going to have a boy or a girl, so we also didn't know what we were going to name our baby until he or she arrived. We had a few names picked out for either gender just in case, but it wasn't until he was born that we knew for sure. As soon as he looked up at us, with his beautiful bright blue eyes, we knew. He was Jackson. And yes, we realized the irony of the name, Jackson Andrews closely resembling Andrew Jackson, of course. But that's not why we chose it. One of Maddie's grandfathers was named Jackson. He was a very good man. To this day, he's one of the most charming and charismatic characters I've ever known. And boy, did he adore Maddie. She was his only granddaughter and one of his very favorite people. 
which is why when he first met me, he didn't know what to think. First thing he said was, Maddie, this is one of the ugliest guys I've ever seen. A man of few words. He was probably just reacting to my beach blonde hair at the time. That look was still popular then for some reason. I think I grew on him over time though, or he just learned to put up with me. Either way, I was blessed to know Jackson and more than happy to name our son after him. Unfortunately, he passed away before our Jackson was born and never got to meet him, but he would have adored our little boy. Of that, I'm sure. Jackson was easy to adore. From the very moment I met him, he was changing the world. He certainly changed Maddie and I's lives, in all the best ways. I don't know if I've ever been happier or more completely at peace than the day Jackson was born. I remember the first time I held him. Time stopped and the earth stood still. That's not the norm for me. I'm usually dissecting decisions I've made in the past and looking for their connection to the present. Or I'm worrying about things that are yet to come. I often have a difficult time living in the present. But that day... Jackson gave me the gift of doing just that. I looked into his little face and saw only the best that life has to offer. He was perfect. That moment was perfect. I was completely in the present. It was pure euphoria. I couldn't help but tell him, You are going to do something amazing one day, son. I don't know exactly what, but it will be amazing. You are going to make the world a better place. I'm so blessed to be a part of it. I've continued to tell Jackson that, and I always will. Becoming a father is, well, everything. Love, pride, passion, euphoria, but also fear, doubt, exhaustion, really hard work, because you want to do it right, and there's not really a roadmap for that either. Being a father is wanting and hoping for only the best, but at times, fearing the worst. It's being the most frightened you've ever been, but knowing it's your duty to become the bravest. It's a privilege and an honor. And yet, you worry all the time, even if you don't like to admit it. You wrestle with difficult but important questions. What if they get hurt? What if they're not healthy? What if they end up unhappy? What if I say or do something wrong? What if I'm the one that somehow hurts them, unintentionally? You worry so much about your words, your actions, your choices. The impact those things might have on the amazing little boy or girl that you've created and are now responsible for shaping. It's not easy. But then, there's all the good stuff. There is so much good like holding them for the very first time. That's when you learn what unconditional love looks like. Sacrifice and surrender. You know you would give anything and everything for that little baby to be okay. The good is watching them learn. Watching them grow. There's nothing quite like watching a child see or hear or experience something for the first time. The way they light up. The way they appreciate the simple things that are all around them around all of us, really. The way they interact with the world with such a sense of wonder and amazement is a beautiful thing to witness, to be a part of. The good is the relationship you get to develop with them. What an opportunity. What an absolute blessing.
There's nothing quite like that relationship. Your child will remind you to recognize the truly important things in life daily if you allow them to show you. And they'll also challenge you in all the best ways to be more patient, more kind, more courageous, more loving. That's the best part. There is so much good in the love you share. That love is what creates and sustains your family. Love is what writes and plays your most beautiful song. It's what ultimately tells your story. My story as a father wouldn't be complete without Maddie. See, watching Maddie be a mother to Jackson has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. It nearly renders me speechless. That's not normal for me either. But when I watch the two of them together, I'm simply in awe. Maddie is so, so good with him. She has been from day one. She took to Jackson right away. And he took his mama right back. Their relationship is special. I suspect most mother and son relationships are. That's the way it's supposed to be, I believe. Maddie is a phenomenal mother. Jackson is an amazing boy. And watching their special relationship grow has certainly been a gift. Creating our little family together with love has been the greatest gift of my life. Our greatest dream had come true. When we moved back home to Albuquerque, Maddie and I couldn't wait for our family to grow and for all of us to share it together. We wanted Jackson to know his grandparents, his great-grandparents, his aunts and uncles and cousins. We wanted him to have the opportunity to spend lots of time with them all, to share in the love of our family. Personally, I also couldn't wait to spend more time with Kara, Lacey, and Caleb. They were playing all kinds of sports and doing great things in school. Kara was starting to sing and learning how to play guitar. She had an angelic voice, too. The first time she sang for me, I cried. I, I couldn't help it. It was just that beautiful. Lacey was becoming an artist. She was so creative. She could draw and write and create things that seemed heaven-sent as well. And Caleb, well, he was still just a little boy with boundless energy and all the potential in the world. He was so very intelligent. Still inquisitive and curious, he was getting ready to go into third grade that year, but was already a couple of grade levels ahead in both reading and math. Caleb was a great little boy, and I was looking forward to watching him and Jackson together. I was excited to watch them all together. Now that we were only 80 to 90 miles away again, I figured there would be plenty of opportunities and plenty of time for that. I thought Johnny and I would get to spend a lot more time together too but I didn't know how much Johnny had been struggling before we moved back from California. Things had gotten rough for him again. I can remember plenty of phone calls that began to reveal this while I was still living in Los Angeles. Conversations that I knew weren't complete. I would ask Johnny how he was doing, and it wasn't so much that he would lie and tell me everything was okay, but he would always chalk up any issues to just being busy and tired and stressed. Everything will be fine, though, Eli. I can handle it. I've got no other choice, he would tell me. I wasn't so sure. Because I knew he had a lot on his plate. He was working long, sometimes crazy hours at the manufacturing plant. He was still taking the kids anywhere and everywhere he could. He was giving them whatever he had left of himself. And sometimes this meant sleeping for a few hours after work, 
spending the rest of the day and night with them, and then going right back to do it all over again. He wasn't getting much sleep. He wasn't really taking care of himself. He was driving himself into the ground. At times, he was even driving the kids into the ground. I knew about most of this. What I didn't know was how to help. Again, I didn't know how to fix it. But I did make a choice to allow those incomplete conversations to remain just that. I regret not asking more. Not going deeper. Not being brave enough to push for more information and more of the truth. I would come to find out there was a lot more truth that needed to be revealed. Mom tried. She tried to tell Johnny he was doing too much. She tried to explain to him that he and the kids needed a break sometimes. They all needed time to rest. Time to recharge. Time to take care of themselves and each other. Johnny needed to get help for his injured back. He was going to need surgery to repair it. At the time, Johnny didn't want to. For a lot of reasons, he would put it off. His biggest concern was that he would be out of work for too long, lose his job, and then maybe even lose the kids if he wasn't providing for them. I've heard over the years that Ashley's family even threatened him with this. They told Johnny and Mom that if he couldn't take care of them, they would take him to court and sue for full custody. Unfortunately, he believed them. He would continue to put that surgery off. He would continue to use pain pills as his remedy. What Johnny didn't seem to realize was that neglecting his own health and well-being would have consequences as well. It would take its toll on him and on the kids. Johnny didn't listen to mom. Instead, he kept going a mile a minute. He kept telling everyone things would be okay. He kept doing things his way. And eventually, he would look for his own way out of his struggles. He would look for a way to make an easy buck so he could quit his job at the manufacturing plant. He figured this would give him more time and more rest. It might even offer him an opportunity to get help for his back. He thought it would definitely make it easier to buy the medications he was using to mask his pain. That's all it was doing, really. Masking the pain and acting as if it were the solution. At least for the time being. About a year before Maddie and I moved back, Johnny would fall into a trap. A Ponzi scheme. He didn't realize it at first, or want to admit it, but that's what it was. Someone promising online to send money directly to his account if he simply provided a little bit of personal information and then followed through on their multi-level marketing plan. I had heard about these kind of companies in the past. I knew they were a pyramid scheme. Johnny apparently didn't. He did not realize that what he was getting into was a scheme of epic proportions. A Ponzi scheme masquerading as a multi-level pyramid plan. Masquerading as a great opportunity. It was too good to be true. But Johnny took the bait anyhow and fell into their trap. Within a matter of hours, all his money was gone. His ability to provide for the kids was gone. Johnny was devastated. He needed help. This should have been a sign to him that he was now beginning to spin out of control. That his own loud and painful drumbeat had begun. But instead of just telling the truth, he came up with an elaborate story, an elaborate lie. Johnny blamed his bank for allowing someone to steal his identity. 
to gain access to his accounts and take all of his money. The bank investigated it, but couldn't substantiate Johnny's claims. In the end, they couldn't track down the people who stole his money. But Johnny did convince Mom and Dad it wasn't his fault. He convinced them to help him out. To help the kids out. What else were they supposed to do? All of this would take its toll on Mom, too. She would go up to Fairfield with money for food, clothing, bills, whatever they needed to get by. She would continue driving back and forth from Jefferson to Fairfield constantly to help. She would live with him for months at a time, doing everything she could to give Johnny the rest and support he needed, to care for the kids the best she could, to be a strong foundation for all of them. But all that driving, all that time away from Dad, all the weight of that responsibility did have consequences for her as well. Things got rough for Mom. She would get and stay sick. Her body would break down and she would end up in debilitating pain. She would begin to lose sleep herself. Mom would begin to struggle with her faith. To feel isolated and alone. To wonder where God was in all of this. Her and dad would even struggle with their marriage. With the time and distance apart. Thankfully, they both knew the key was being there for each other. Being each other's shelter. Facing it all together. Just like they had always done. Mom and Dad would eventually tell Johnny things needed to change. Mom couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't do it anymore. They told Johnny he would either need to sign custody of the kids over to them while he recovered from the back surgery he needed, or he and the kids would need to move down to Jefferson. That way, they would have a place to stay while Johnny recovered and they got settled in. We all thought it might be a good idea. It might be a way for us to help Johnny. For him to get back on his feet, hopefully for the long haul. He agreed. The plan was for him and the kids to find a place of their own in Jefferson once Johnny was okay. Sadly, my big brother was not okay. He hadn't been for a while, of course. His songs were beginning to sound a tune completely out of key. Dear friend, When Maddie and I first came home to Albuquerque in the fall of 2015, we had so much to look forward to. We would be closer to family. We would be closer to Cara, Lacey, and Caleb. I would be closer to Johnny. Little did I know, we would soon end up worlds apart again. This time, possibly for good. Good. 